This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You are listening to Metal Shop's Backstage Pass. Hey, what's going on? It's Metal Shop. We're talking with Ash Gray all the way in Wales right now. Uh, he is from the band Venom Prison, plays guitar. Got to see them last year at the Fun House. Uh, and before that, I got to see him up at Tony V's on the Devastation of the Nation tour with Aborted and Ingested. Uh, a bunch of k- killer bands on that tour. They opened up and they just, dude, they set the course for what was to come for that night. And I think uh, their newest record is awesome. They have a new uh, release called Primeval. It's going to be re recordings of the debut EPs plus two brand new songs. But without further ado, uh, it's Ash Cray. How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I'm kind of just, uh, you know, laying low here in Seattle. Uh, obviously, this coronavirus thing has kind of put a pause on most things. Um, how, how are things? You're in Wales right now? Yeah, it's, it's, it's the same for us, pretty much, to be honest. Like, it's pretty much put a stop to everything in our tracks to be honest including like work for me as well i work in um audio and live events and stuff so even for me in my day stuff i've it you know it's kind of come to a stop a little bit so yeah it's not it's not a great year is it for the start of the decade yeah it's i think it might be uh i I don't know man it's i don't want to be too negative here but yeah absolutely man and and do you live in a more of a big city or do you live in a small town or what's uh what's your neighborhood and and your community like um it's quite small yeah it is quite small we live like pretty much in the valleys if that's what you want to call it lots of hills and mountains and stuff so yeah wales is quite quiet small population in comparison to most places but yeah we're we're getting the same here pretty much with all the corona stuff and whatnot so yeah we've kind of just got to get on with it the best we can at the moment what what's the music scene like in in your area really good really really good um i live in a town called newport um (laughs) there used to be a really famous um I say famous, like well-known venue called TJ's. Okay. And um, we used to get loads of, well, before my time as well, like that's where Kirk Bain um, proposed to Courtney Love. Cool. Um, Joe Strummer's house is also in Newport. Oh, wow. Was, I should say. His name's still on the house as well, which is pretty awesome. Um, but there's there's a lot of musical history here. Um that venue had so many bands coming through. Like it's, it's a shame it's got shut down, um, and no one 
kind of took over mm-hmm. that building and such. But even when you go in there and you look at the wall and you just see all, you know, the bands and, you know, artists that had been there and it was just like, this place is really historical. And I'm still to this day amazed that no one picked it up. Did you get to so play there? It is pretty much, it's pretty much a derelict building now. Uh, did you get to go to any shows there? Yeah, loads of shows. So that's when, you know, that's kind of, I was lucky because it was pretty much 10 minute walk from my parents' house when I was a kid. Oh, that's cool. So we had like hardcore shows, metal shows, everything coming through to that venue all the time. Like those big package tours going, you know, through and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And it was quite amazing really because a lot of these big package tours would normally go to places like, you know, major cities like London, Manchester, Leeds. Yeah. But St. Jay's in Newport was so known for, you know, how much of a good scene and, you know, what history it had. The tours were going there as well. So I, I was really lucky. I was really lucky growing up with, you know, shows and the scene around me. There was a very healthy metal scene, very healthy hardcore scene. So, yeah, I, I was lucky. I was very lucky. That's awesome, man. And, and you, you brought up hardcore metal, and, and that makes me uh, kind of want to ask, like, um, my first foray was like punk and then i got into hardcore and then i got into metal through that obviously i love all of those things but what was your journey did you what was your first love did you first get into punk hardcore metal and how did you i mean you can hear kind of all of that within venom prison i can hear the hardcore influences and even some of the lyrical content is more like political and socio uh political and whatnot and and uh you know seeming to be more of like you know, maybe uh, taking influence from a band like Earth Crisis or something like that. But um, where uh, where did you first uh, get interested in music in the scene? I think my journey was exactly how you just said it then. Yeah. Um, I grew up with my father being very into metal and stuff. So, cool. you know, Sabbath and Maiden and mm-hmm. Motorhead was always in the house playing on records and in the car and whatnot on tapes. So... That was obviously my first instance of, you know, getting into music as such, because it was like, you know, subconsciously always there being played. Um, And then growing up, I kind of got into punk and stuff. Like, I really liked like Rancid, Mm -hmm. No Effects and stuff like that. Um, Bad Religion and whatnot. And then I remember, I think I got to the first year of high school. Mm -hmm. I can't can't remember what age I would have been, but the first year of high school, and I remember going to school with a camo backpack on that I got from a skate shop because okay. I was a skater that was just listening to punk. I didn't yeah. have a clue about anything. But um, some guy came up to me who was in a couple of years above me, who I'm good friends with now, funny enough. And he just looked at me and he was like, are you into hardcore? And I was like, what the f*** is hardcore? <laughs> um, and like he was like, meet me at the gate at the end of school. I was like, Uh-oh. right is this dude going to try and beat me up? Like what, what's, what's the deal with this? So I was like, right, I'm going to turn up to the gate with my skateboard. <laughs> right. If anything kicks off, I'm ready. But then he just handed me a Hellfest 2000 DVD. Oh, I have um, that DVD. Yeah. And he was like, go home and listen. He was like, go and watch all these sets and listen to these bands and come back to me, you know, tomorrow and let me know what you think. And it was like bleeding through the locust buried alive walls mm-hmm. of Jericho. Um, you know the list goes on really doesn't it with that dvd yeah yeah it's still one of my favorites it's still one of my favorites Uh, and i think 
you know, there was loads of resemblance between like punk music and the metal music I was listening to because I was already listening to like Sabbath and Maiden mm-hmm. and, you know, whatnot. So like that kind of like almost merged into one for me. I was like, hang on, why are these bands doing things that I like in punk, but then also doing things that I like in metal, like, you know, like Bleeding Through or Walls of Jericho, for example. Mm-hmm. And I think I went back the following day and I was like, I said to him, I was like, yo, I don't know what this is, but I love it. I absolutely love this. This is great. And then he handed me a flyer and he was like, there's a hardcore show going on at TJ's, that venue I mentioned earlier. And I just fell in love with it from that point. Like I just still to this day, like I still, you know, I still love it just as much as I did when, you know, I first got into it. Yeah. And I don't think anything's ever been able to replace it for me. And I think, that's where Venom Prison starts to come into it because before Venom Prison started, pretty much each member of Venom Prison were playing in hardcore bands that we all bumped into each other on tours or shows. So we all knew each other anyway from hardcore bands. Um, yeah, your vocalist kind of, your vocalist was in that band Wolf Down, right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yeah that band was sweet, like kind of throwdown vibes. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of like early 2000s wasn't it totally had that straight sound to it but yeah like you know everyone kind of like bumped into each other as such um and all our bands had finished well sorry some of our bands had finished at that point and Mm -hmm. some of us had left our bands so it was kind of a bit like ah i'm not doing another band no way no way no way and then i was just sat there going what if i did another band but it wasn't a hardcore band and then i messaged you know, all of Venom Prison. And I was like, guys, I've got something I want to propose to you. How do you feel about doing a metal band instead? And for some reason, everyone was just like, yeah, I'm game for this. This sounds like, you know, something new, something different and something we can approach, you know, in our way. And I think that's how Venom Prison pretty much started. I recorded the demo in in my living room at the time, just basically got a guitar cab, put pillows over it, mic'd yeah. it up recorded all the guitars you know did the vocals in a practice room and before i knew it like that demo defy the tyrant was put together and that's that's the start of venom prison really what uh okay so um if if you don't mind me asking like why did you want to take that shift were you kind of did you feel a little boxed in with like the restraints of hardcore music did you just think i want to try something new did you see you know more success going down the road with that what was the reason to kind of pivot i think for me like speaking from i know as well ben and mike the guitarist and bassist of venom prison as well We've always kind of been very into metal. I think yeah. for me as well, like the more metallic side of metal was always, you know, my go-to. I wasn't very big on youth crew and, yeah, you know, and, and so on. And for me, it was always the metallic side of hardcore that I really liked. And I think that comes from my early days of always listening to metal at home. And I think even even growing up, like... I think it was funny, like even growing up, like Carcass had probably been one of my favorite metal bands oh, since yeah. growing up. Uh, I love Carcass. I love Napalm Death. I got into a lot of power violence and grind and stuff. And and then death metal kind of came into the picture. And I always really liked Carcass and bands, you know, like them as such. And I think 
even when I would like listen to them and I was in like hardcore bands, I was always just like, these are just mosh riffs played by metal bands. Yeah, absolutely. Even Pantera, just, dude. Even Pantera was like mosh riffs. hundred <laughs> percent. Like, you know, some of the breakdowns are heavier than some hardcore bands have ever achieved. Like you I'm know, broken. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. Like this, the heaviest end in ever. Like, but it's like kind of like, I, I just wanted to take that leap. I was always more, into playing intricate stuff on guitar and you know the way i was writing i always wanted to like push boundaries with writing more and more and when i was playing in hardcore bands they would or the hardcore band i was playing in there was always disagreements of oh this is a bit too technical this might be metal i was like yo it's just a carcass riff yeah what what's the deal with that what's wrong with it they were like nah too metal too metal and then i got to the point where i was just like you know what i think i am better off trying to do a metal band yeah and that is kind of where it came from really it was nothing to do with thinking it might be the better option or you know taking the easy route as such but i think it was more to do with how much or how far sorry as a musician am i going to push myself yeah and i think that's when it all started to boil down to do i want to become better at writing music do i want to you know kind of show off in songwriting what I've learned to play on guitar rather than restraining myself. And I think that's where Venom Prison really comes in. Cool, man. And then, so, so you, it's interesting that you brought up recording those demos because, uh, you guys are about to release Primeval, uh, coming out October 9th. It's going to be re-recording of the debut EPs and demos, uh, plus two brand new songs. Uh, What was the reason that you wanted to re-record these? Uh, did you, yeah. What was the reason for that? I always, I always, always wanted to re-record that demo. That demo from day one, I always wanted to re-record because before I'd officially started Venom Prison or even proposed the idea of starting Venom mm-hmm. Prison, I recorded that demo and I'd mic'd everything up, you know, sorted the drums and bass and everything. And then Larissa put vocals on it. And then I had a, I had a demo in my hand. And then that's when I kind of sent it to like Ben and Mike and so on and just kind of went, this is the metal band I've been talking about. Are you in? And they were just like, we're in. So they never got chance to play on it. And I feel listening to, you know, Animus and Samsara and even the Primal Chaos EP, that's when the members start to come into the band a lot more. And I think the demos and especially especially the demo to be honest like it just felt like it didn't have venom prison on it it was just me and i think that kind of lost a bit of character for me because it just didn't have the characteristics of everyone who plays in venom prison on a recording yeah so for me it just felt really i don't know the right word like desensitized because it was just it was just something i did it was the demo it was a shot in the dark it's like the rough sketch of what's to come yeah yeah, I didn't really expect anything to come of this, to be honest. I, I, you know, I did so much touring in my last band that I really didn't anticipate Venom Prison being busier than the last band I was in. So when it got to the point, we wanted to do it before Samsara, but with touring being so hectic and writing Samsara, we were like, we need to park that idea. And then December last year, 2019, we went into the studio to record 
Primeval, which luckily people think that it might be a lockdown release. It was actually recorded before lockdown because this was always our plan. Yeah. Because it was going to be demo and the EP with those two new songs, which then hint to where album three is going. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of a timeline in my head. But then it all fell into place with, well, I say, you know, yeah, it did fall into place. Lockdown happened and I was like, oh, I'm so glad that we've got this release to tie us over for a little bit. Totally. Um, whilst we work on album three. So that that was always the intention, regardless of this lockdown pandemic. You know, it was always my intention to put those two new songs on a re-release to start hinting at what we were writing ready for album three. It's cool that you guys can, uh, you, you guys have that, like you said, to kind of tide you over. Um, yeah, man, it's uh, it's a weird time, and, and I almost feel like it would be a hard time to release like a full length album. If you were to release a full length, it's almost like it goes out, and then you can't tour or anything. It's almost like you kind of want to just release something small to tide you over. Like I said, yeah, I, I've got a lot of sympathy for the bands who dropped records as soon as this all broke out, like. I, could, I can't imagine how difficult it must be for some bands to kind of just put all this effort into writing a record and, you know, they release it in the moment they're about to go on tour. It's like, nope, no touring, no nothing, no thing. And it's like, wow, that I, we've never seen that in our life, have we? We've never seen something like yeah. that happen. Mm-hmm. So I, my, my thoughts do really go out to those bands because I can imagine it must suck. But then... You've got bands like Code Orange who are really becoming, you know, innovative and oh, kind yeah. of thinking outside the box with these streams. And and I think that goes a long way as well. I think if bands are going to survive through this pandemic, I think everyone needs to come out of their comfort zone a little bit and kind of become creative and build new ways to entertain and perform to fans and kind of keeping that momentum going because I feel like that is going to be the reality for, mm-hmm. you know, shows for for a little while, you know? Yeah, and we're seeing bands like Suicide Silence and Lamb of God, they're doing, and Behemoth, they're doing kind of like ticketed live streams where you can purchase a ticket and be a part of this show specifically. And, uh, you know, I think Code Orange kind of were the first to really innovate it with, uh, like you said, like, but it was their record release show and it literally was locked down that week. Like, what a crazy time. But they stepped to it and were just the first to be like, yo, we're going to do something weird here. And it worked. And they've kind of been the forefront of, of the innovation. Yeah. I I think like, honestly, like props to them. Like, I think they, they made the right move. I think that was a very smart move. And I think that also, you know, led the path for a lot of other bands. Absolutely. Helping them find their feet to what to do next. We're, we're talking about, uh, you know, not being able to tour, but when you were able to tour, you guys uh, hit Seattle here a couple times. Um, walk me through. You guys are a band from Wales. I know it's got to be kind of difficult to get a tour over here. I'm sure you guys would love to tour United States more, but kind of give me a hint of like how difficult is it for like a smaller to mid-sized band? I'm not calling you guys, you know, small band, but you guys, you know, you're not freaking Lamb of God or something. Um, how how difficult is it and how many steps is it to get a tour in the United States? And uh, yeah, kind of give me a rundown of, of what the process is like for, for a smaller and mid-sized band. It, it is difficult. It is very difficult because you need to approach every, I, as much as I hate to talk about 
this side of stuff, you need to just approach it as business minded for sure as possible. Yeah. Because as soon as, for example, if we get a tour offer or someone's proposing to put together a tour, so it's like we either did that headline tour with, um, was it last year? Yeah, it was last year. Yeah. Twice. It feels like it was longer than that. It was with a uh, great American ghost, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one. And then the one before that as well. And I think when those offers come in, before you even say yes, or before you even look at anything, the first thing you do is put a sheet together, mm -hmm. add up the costs for your visas for everyone, yeah. the costs for your flights, mm -hmm. the costs for as soon as you get there, if you're going to get a higher van, or, or if, if you're going to rent gear. Yeah. yeah. To you. Um, weight of traveling with equipment. And I mean, as soon as you look at that, that's already the best part of like close to 10,000, you know? Yeah. So it, it's one of those things where it has to be so calculated. Otherwise, if it goes wrong, you could literally be on a massive, massive loss before you've even set foot in the States, you know? So it, it definitely is difficult. But I think we have been lucky. For example, that tour we did last year, we came back well because merch was nice. doing good. We were reprinting. And I think, you know, I'm really grateful for everyone helping us out and stuff. And I think we managed to do well on that. And that kind of encouraged us to come back more and more and more, which we were going to. But then obviously all this stuff happened. But I think I think we want to kind of we've We've done the UK now. I think in the UK, Venom Prison is like quite established. Oh, yeah. We need to move into, you know, Europe a bit more and kind of make some grind. But then I think for us really in our head, it's kind of just staying in the state as in like keep coming back. Yeah. And just doing that over and over and over type thing like we did with the UK, like mm -hmm. we're doing with Europe and just keep doing it again and again and again. But. I mean, as soon as all this stuff sorts itself out, when it does, I mean, we're definitely going to be straight back over. Shoot me up with that vaccine, and I'm going on the on the plane, ready to go. Right? Where is it? Where is it? We need it. <laughs> is it it's gonna all, make? Is it gonna make stuff. my balls fall off? I don't care. Just shoot me up with it, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll figure it out. Right? Oh, it's so, it's so, I don't know how it is over there, but it's so different over here at the moment. Like with all that stuff, it's kind of like the way we've dealt with it has been absolutely atrocious. Like we, yeah. this, our country doesn't have a clue how to deal with this right now. Like we're going into our second lockdown officially as of 6 p.m. yesterday. And that is it pretty much. That's what we've been told. It's like, yo, go back in your houses, don't come out. Wow. Okay. Well, you, I'm not going to try to get too controversial here or whatever with people and their different stances, but I'm not going to say, I'm going to say maybe we should be doing that, but for whatever reason, we're not, and we're having a little bit more freedom with it. So I don't know if that's a good approach either. I don't think there's like a solid approach either way. I think there's so many questions about it still six months into a pandemic. Um, yeah, it's uh, so so you, you know, is, uh, you I guys, answer, isn't it? Like, I yeah. think it is at that point where there is no definitive answer uh -huh. on anything, so it's kind of like this separation between people's you know opinions on it, it is hardly surprising when there's no answer out there. Like, I kind of 
I mean, for me, I kind of think to myself, I have like, you know, vulnerable people in my family and whatnot. Yeah. So I need to kind of think about them. But Absolutely. Then when you see people who do get aggravated by the fact of having to stay in and, you know, um, whatever it is with masks and all that, I'm kind of also think to myself, I do see where their frustration comes from mm-hmm. because there's no definitive answer. No one's saying anything. So it's like no one knows what to do, really, do they? I think that's the bottom line of it. No one really knows what's going on. It's a weird time, man. And and, and when I'm looking at Venom Prison specifically, your lyrics, you guys have a lot of uh, very, you know, heavy lyrics. Like, and I don't mean like heavy as in heavy metal. I mean like very, you know, so-so sociopolitical commentary, commentary about women's rights. Uh, and, and um, you know, I don't know if you write the lyric. I'm assuming your vocalist writes the lyrics, but, you know, who whoever has a say in that, it, are you someone that is comfortable using your platform to like speak out and speak for, um, you know, causes that you believe in, or do you kind of try to shy away from that? What What's your stance on that? I feel very comfortable with it. If I'm honest, I mean, same again with like influences, like growing up and stuff like napalm death and whatnot. Like I think music is a platform, yeah. whether it's the smallest platform or the biggest platform. And we all get a choice how to use it. And I think if people want to express that in their music and their creativity, I think that's kind of what makes something a little bit more special and a little bit more authentic. Like, I understand there's bands who don't want to do that. And I Mm -hmm. mean, if they don't want to do that, I respect it. You know, it's their decision. It's what they're comfortable with. But for me, I don't think I could play in a band that's singing about you know goblins and <laughs> slaying dragons and you know what i mean like it's, fair enough it's just not the way i'm wired i, I don't think like that like I, that doesn't do anything for me where you know real world problems and real issues it's kind of like that is it kind of mo- that's what motivates us i guess and i yeah. think everyone in the band feels that way cool man well i'm i'm Glad to hear that. You know, I, I assumed so. I just, you know, I'd like to hear from your perspective, I guess. Um, now, just a couple uh, simple questions here. I'm almost finished with you here, so you can go on with your day. Actually, what time is it where you're at right now? It is half past seven at night. Okay. 7:30. Right on, man. Uh, wh- what have you been up to this evening? Have you been eating dinner? Are you watching movies or... I'm about to eat dinner soon, and then I'm going to play on my PlayStation all night. <laughs> Do you order that new one? What's that? Sorry? You order the PS5? Oh, I wish. I wish. Have you seen the pre-orders for it? Those, I can't get a pre-order for it. Those went fast, bro. I'm dreading it. I'm honestly going to be heartbroken if I don't get a PS5 this year. I'm probably going to stay up all night actually looking for a link to try to <laughs> get it. <laughs> to anyone that's listening and, and they're also gamers do you uh do you stream on twitch i did previously for a short while but then with everything going on and wanting to focus on writing i haven't recently but i probably will get that back up cool in a month or so i imagine right on man it's kind of been an interesting thing for for you know artists creative types and musicians it seems like people are really kind of pivoting to twitch as far as content creation and, and not even just video games there's my friend nate he plays in this band called zabulba and he's doing um you've probably heard of zabulba before uh yeah yeah, yeah. 
uh that he does like these live streams and he's a he's he does a um sound and, and video production and he's doing live streams for musicians obviously they can't do shows so it's interesting to see how, how much uh love is is going toward the twitch community yeah it is it is really good to be honest i think my only thing of stopping for the last month or so was just because i was doing streams of playing guitar and like you know oh, yeah. sometimes like putting a song together or composing something or you know playing a few riffs or whatnot but before that i would have been writing record free anyway so by the time i got to stream i was just like oh my god i play guitar so much today. i just <laughs> do not want to pick this thing up so i think i just want to get album free out the way i just want to finish writing and then i'll feel comfortable just coming back doing it so it won't be long i think it'll be another month or so anything you can tease us with as far as description of like album three what what you think um we can kind of expect um i think primeval's got a lot to say for it with those two new bonus tracks cool um i think for like me and ben we've been writing relentlessly um yeah. we haven't stopped writing to be honest um, nice just want to yeah i just want to kind of push the boundaries a little bit more i want to kind of just push it somewhere it hasn't really been, but I don't want to kind of take away that element of what people like in Venom Prison, but it is going to be, it is going to be different. I always said every time anyone's ever asked me, we'll never write the same record twice. Yeah. Okay. Right on, man. Uh, so, uh, just a quick question. What are four albums that have impacted you in a positive way in your life? Oh, Oh God. Well, I will just say Carcass Heartwork to okay. start with. Yeah. Um, let me think. I'm rattling my brain. I think made a number of the beast, you know. Yeah, of course. As much as, much, as much as I kind of, I know people go, oh, no, made it. But, I mean, thinking about how much I've listened to it, like growing up, mm-hmm. probably a lot, like probably a lot. And I used to kind of sit there playing guitar trying to, you know, learn all the songs and whatnot. So I'm going to say that is number two. Number three, number three, what would I pick? This is a tough, this is on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> um, trying to think like what I'd listen to, like even like punk and stuff like growing up. Yeah. But I still don't know. I mean, like, Things like Mike Oldfield, Tubular Bells, like I know that's a really weird one to say. Sure. But like for me, that same again, like my dad's a very big Mike Oldfield fan. Yeah. And like we would always listen to Tubular Bells, like that record back to front all the time. Okay. So I definitely say that. And that influenced me a lot playing guitar. Like I really admire like the guitar work in everything Mike Oldfield related. Nice. And then I'm gonna say I'm gonna I'm gonna go through a load of curveballs here that I would have said like hardcore punk bands, but I'm not. I'm gonna go back further than that. I think. I think Aussie Bark at the Moon. Nice. I think I think that would be it. Like I'm trying to think of what I listened to very early. I'm yeah. Kind of always stuck to what I can still listen to right now. The starting points. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, I'll go for that. That's four. Yeah, I've got yeah. four. There you go. There you go. Put, put those together and you get Venom Prison. Maybe not. 
yeah, somewhere along the line. We, we'll talk about that in like seven albums time when everyone's like, they ain't a death metal band. They sound like Pink Floyd. <laughs> uh okay so final question here man if you could pick a scar on your body and tell us the story of how you got that scar oh uh, i'm gonna say the nerdiest thing i think i've ever said in an interview oh i'm down yes an exclusive i'm gonna say down my eye because final fantasy 8 is my favorite game of all time and the main character had it and i used to think it was the coolest thing ever when i was a kid so you cut yourself so you said scar on any part of the body yeah no i said pick a scar on your body oh yeah i can have it mm, and tell I us the story and, me, yeah pick a scar on your body and tell us the story of how you actually got that scar mm. i don't know um what can i make this up or literally a scar i have yeah a scar that you have like do you have any scars on your body um yeah i do i have quite a lot really (laughs) (laughs) i mean i got my one down in the center of my nose where someone just i remember years ago i think i got into a fight with someone they stamped on my nose and it broke my nose jesus christ okay Um, that's a story yeah Yeah, well, I, when you said story, I was thinking, oh, made-up story. It's like Final Fantasy. Like, that's a cool story. Okay, when you're yeah. like, realize, oh, this is where it gets gruesome. <laughs> <laughs> you got stomped on. Damn, dude. Yeah, it was rough. I was a kid as well when that happened. Like, Brutal. it all walking home and happened. Like, gang of people, like, you know, whatever it was. But, yeah, that was a that was time. Damn, dude. Well, uh... I, better days, right? Well, I wish we could say better days, but you know we're in the middle of a pandemic, so who knows? There are better days to come. We'll see. But uh, yeah, it really is. the the new album Primeval. If you want to hear kind of the roots of Venom Prism re-recorded, it is uh, re-recording to the debut EPs plus two brand new songs, which kind of give uh, you know kind of the idea of where they're going with the band. Again, Ash Gray uh, from the Welsh band Venom Prison. I'm stoked for the record. It's coming out October 9th. Uh, any final words for the Seattle audience uh, while we have you? Pick up Primeval. That is all I can really say until now. This lockdown has got my, my mind numb. There isn't anything to add. Nothing's happened. Um, Fair enough, yeah, man. As soon as this is all sorted, we will be back. We will be back. Awesome. Thanks for your time, dude. Thank you for having me. Thank you. This has been Metal Shop's Backstage Pass. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.